Thank God. Come on and lift your heart with your hands. I love you, Jesus. And I praise your great and mighty and holy name. Wonderful art thou, Lord. Great and mighty is our God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We bless thee, O Jesus. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Jesus' great name. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. You have a Bible this evening. Good to be right here. Good to worship the Lord. Very good. What we have need of. There's nothing anywhere on earth that can compare to what we get from God. And nothing can do as much for you anywhere in the earth as what God does for you right in a service. When he's in the midst of us and he promises to be, and I know that he is, so much is accomplished in your heart. I'm uh, reading from the book of 1 Peter. Chapter 4. Get over to Revelation, back up a little bit, you'll find 1 Peter. We'll turn to the last book of the Bible and go backwards a little bit. And you will find 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 1, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh. That means that spirit robed himself in flesh. And in the body known as the flesh, he did suffer. He was tempted also in all points like as we are, the Bible says. Everybody said amen. So now keeping it in mind what the writer is talking about, he said, for as much then, as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Everybody said amen. All right. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. Thank you, Jesus. God is a spirit, John 4 and 24. And as such, he cannot be seen. No man has seen him at any time, neither can see him. The heavens of the heavens cannot contain him. He is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient, meaning he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. And this eternal God of ours, who is a spirit, loved us so much that he chose to show himself visibly in the flesh. And he did that by overshadowing a willing woman by the name of Mary, and he simply spoke the word and said, let there be, and there was. And that which was conceived in Mary was of his Holy Spirit, his spoken word, in other words. And after the due course of nature, Mary then brought forth that child, that which was conceived in her by the word of of the Spirit. And so she brings forth that child in a stable, in a manger, and took care of that child, and Joseph being there, as was supposed his father. And so sometimes you let people think just what they want to think, don't you? Just why continue to try to correct their 
wrong thoughts. It's, uh, there's too many things to do in going forward, isn't there? You can't, and, and there's no such thing as having a logical conversation with an illogical mind. You're just not going to get anywhere. So you kind of tell yourself, my time, my thoughts, my energy is better spent in a more productive place where I can, how, how did the Apostle Paul say it? He got so upset with the Jewish people as a whole that he, he told them from henceforth, he said, I go to the Gentiles. He said, your blood be upon your own head. He said, I've told you, and you've rejected. You won't listen, you argue, and you keep just being so contrary. And so he finally just said, and, he, and they'd beaten him so many times and, and gone against him so many times, he finally just said, I'm going to go to people that want this. And he said, and they're going to hear it. And they did. And that's why you're here. That's why you're here. The cloud of glory, that bright glory cloud, that which brought the early rain, as your Bible talks about, it began to move. It began to shift. And, you know, God is always on the move and is always moving forward. That's how his church is. His church is not backwards in its movement. Neither is it turning to the right nor to the left, but it is moving forward. And they learned in the Old Testament coming out of Egypt with that pillar of fire by night for protection and that cloud by day for protection, they learned that when the cloud moved, they'd better move because that cloud was what they needed. It had everything that they needed right there. And so they stayed up with the cloud. They couldn't doggo behind and, and just, you know, relax and chill out and forget about it or be too busy doing other things. I like what Sister Ann read tonight, Revelation. First love. This is the first thing we love. This is above and before everything else. And you fight for that. You have to earnestly contend for that. You have to push the enemy back. You have to rebuke the enemy. You have to cast him down in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. you got to arm yourself, he said here. And he's telling you what to do it with. You want to get the mind of Christ. Well, the church, when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins, and then you receive the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you get that born-again experience, in other words, see, you're born again of water when we baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And you're born again of the Spirit, when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as you praise Him, and as you worship Him, then the Bible is teaching you that you are then attempting to believe in your heart. And as the Spirit of the Lord judges that you are believing in your heart, and He always accurately judges things. He never misses. He knows it all. He's omniscient. He knows it all. He knows the thought of your heart. And when the thought of your heart is, I want you first. I want you above and beyond and before anything else. I'm setting everything else down. I'm putting everything else down in its place somewhere else. And i am really got my mind on you here, Lord. Then as he sees that, then he is going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's sending forth his spirit into your heart. Thus, when you believe in your heart, 
then you begin to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and as he speaks through you in another language or tongue, as his spirit gives the utterance, he does it, as his spirit gives you the ability to do so, that's when you're making confession with your mouth. And everybody said amen. This isn't about you doing something so much. It's about God doing something in you, Christ in you. You having that spirit of Jesus Christ, not you just doing what somebody said to do in the form of shaking a hand or signing a card or or saying me too. That's not what this Bible is teaching. The Bible teaches they were all with one mind and one accord, all being about 120, that in following the words of Jesus Christ, the instructions of Jesus Christ, what he told them to do in doing that, then they begin to separate themselves from people who were not doing what Jesus said to do, who were going in another direction, who were not putting him first, who were not saying, you're my first love. I love you more than chocolate ice cream. I love you more, where's Jacob, than Maccabees, you know. I love you more than these things, Lord, and whatever you want to name. That you're my, now you are my first love. I've come to give it all up, Lord. I'm putting you at the top where you belong. You're at the top of the list, the top of the ladder, top of the priority. How many things can we name? You want to go to the ball game? No, I'm going to church. You want to go watch a suburb? No, I'm going to church. You want to go to the club? No, I'm going to church. I'm going to Jesus. Jesus is first. Jesus is what I love. I love him more than the club. I love him more than the ball games. I love him more than anything else. And I'm proving that by what I'm doing. What's happening in my life here. Amen. 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 So you arm yourself. You arm yourself. Now the writer said in Philippians, as you remember, those folks are your first example. They went to that upper room in spite of all opposition. Can you imagine the things that they were accused of? Imagine the people that would tell them, oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, huh? All kinds of ways that they insulted them and tried to intimidate them. People who were claiming to be disciples, people who were claiming to be followers of the Lord, but they didn't go and do as Jesus instructed them, did they? No, that 380 went in a different direction. And all the while they were going in it, I promise you, they were kicking up their heels and putting on a show just like the prophets that were confronted the prophet Elijah and said, oh, yeah, we can bring fire down from heaven. He said, well, go ahead and do it then. He said, we'll let the God that does that be God, and we'll settle this. And Oh, you know what happened. Man, they, they tried to dance, and they tried to somehow get their God, their God, the God that they had concocted in their mind, fixed up in their mind. You know, people can do a lot of things with their mind. They can get things figured out their way. And because they say so, well, then it must be right. And they can believe it so strongly that they wind up completely unable to grasp 
the truth that Jesus is trying to give to their hearts. The Bible teaches, though, that the 120 went to that upper room. And they, in just following what Jesus said, that brought an automatic separation, didn't it? It brought an automatic separation because the rest of those folks weren't following what Jesus said. Now, they gave an appearance of that, but your Bible tells you that we've got to watch out for that kind of stuff. Somebody just giving an appearance, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Oh, power to call down fire from heaven, power to raise the dead. No, 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 no. You know what? That's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about the power that you get when he fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost and gives you power over all the power of the enemy that you no longer are subject to those spirits that get you to love everything but Jesus and get you to chase everything and not follow Jesus, that you get power over your flesh. You get power over the devil. You get power to say no to what's wrong and yes to him who is right. Him who is right. You come in the body of Christ, the church, you get the mind of Christ. And you arm yourself with that. You arm yourself with that. And you will, as he did, suffer in the flesh. Everybody's not going to agree with you. Everybody's not going to pat you on the back. Everybody's not going to be encouraging you to go forward. I promise you the 380 were trying to hold on to the 120. And they were trying to talk them out of what they had. They were trying to talk them out of obeying Jesus Christ's words. They were trying to keep them from going to go anywhere, but just don't go to that upper room. Don't go down to Jerusalem. Don't go to the upper room. Don't go to that church. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Come on, we're going over here. Man, there's a great fishing tournament coming up. Come on, we're going over here. You know there's all kinds of things we can turn on and sit down and watch. Woo, we can spend the night and eat chips and drink soda. But see there. They were heading for their first love. They were chasing their first love. They were following after what was quickly becoming their first love, that which was going to be paramount in their life above everything else. And they went to that upper room. They fought through like the little woman. They fought through the, the multitude, the crowd, the press. They got through all of the thoughts that were and that bombarding them and the things that were like a, a gale force wind that was blowing against them and trying, as Jesus had told them during the days of his flesh, get in the boat. Well, that's the first order of business. Get in the church. First order of business. And he said, now we're going to go out. Now we got in the church. We're going to, I'm telling you, we're going to the other side. But in route, there was a terrible storm, wasn't there? You're going to be challenged. There's going to be things that are going to come right up in your face, get right in your grill, and are going to try to talk you out of what Jesus Christ has given you as instructions. He's going to, the devil wants you to be a traitor. You ever read that in your Bible? That in these last days, perilous times would come. Didn't Paul say in the book of Acts, is it not recorded, that when times were perilous, sailing times were perilous times, and it was a bad time, and he tried to tell them, don't go that way, don't do this. It's a bad timing about what you're about to do. Oh, yeah. I once read a, an account of a group of people that were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. They were under great persecution, and the enemy was rising up through people, and they were killing them, and they were every way they could to get them to quit, to not 
live this way, not do it this way. Any way you want to do it, but not this way. Go anywhere, but don't go there. Follow anybody, but don't follow him. And so this account told of the leader had his little group, and he's looking at them. And the Lord gave him a vision, and he saw angels, and he was placed, the angels were placing crowns on his little group's head. And, and all the while now, the, these, these soldiers and these enemies and these people were just chanting against them and arguing with them and trying to get them to step away. And he saw one individual, and he said he saw the angel about to place the crown on that individual's head, and that individual stepped away. And he screamed out and said, No! And the person stepped away and didn't get the crown placed on their head. And he said in the, in the vision, he was telling the person, he was saying, No, no, you don't understand. He was just about to put that crown on your head. But you know, you can get distracted. Your mind can get unarmed it can get some things to where it's empty something else can grab your attention to distract you i was um doing my regular and normal duty and responsibility that is drop senior sister fell off at the curb and um probably read my bible for a little while while she goes in and does all the cbs stuff for the church and um but every once in a while, I'd look up in the mirror, you know, in case I happen to see that certain vehicle coming that doesn't want me to sit at the curb. And so I'm, I'm just reading, I'm looking, I'm reading, I'm looking, I'm reading, I'm looking, and I'm looking for her, and I'm reading, I'm looking, I'm looking for her. I'm, you know, I'm getting in a real habit here, a real pattern. I've got it going on. And uh, so all of a sudden, I looked up, and I saw the guy coming around. And I said, okay, time to go. So I, I'm looking in my side mirror, you know, and I see him, and so I put it in drive, and I'm looking, nobody's there, I put the blinker, and I start pulling away, and uh, only thing I didn't realize was in looking so intently where I was looking, I didn't notice that senior sister Feld had walked to the door of the car and had her hand out to, to grab the handle, and when I went all the way around the parking lot and watched the policeman go the other way, and I came back up to the curb there, she's just waiting there with this puzzled look on her face, and I'm like, what, what? And so she goes, you didn't see me? And I said, no, I didn't see you. I see you now, but I didn't see you before now. She said, I, I was right there. She said, my hand, my fingers were just about on the door handle. And she said, there was a man standing there, and he, he was incredulous as you suddenly just pulled away and left me with my hand there. I said, well, honey, I did not see you, but I saw that green and white car. <laughs> I did see that. And uh, so I got totally distracted. And I, I was just blind on this side, I'm afraid. And I did not see. But, well, you know what? We've got to be very careful because the enemy, he wants to distract us. He wants us to see something threatening. He wants us to and make us feel that it's a threat. He wants to intimidate us. He wants us to get our eyes off of what? we should have them on. He wants in some way to get us to, to sell out, to quit, to betray. Perilous times shall come, he said. Bad time to go do what you're going to do. 
really bad time, the Apostle Paul said. But you know what? You know what people said, right? You know what different ones said. Who's he to say that it's a bad time? What do we got to listen to him for? What does he know? What about this one? What about that one? What about the other one? That just is good. Well, isn't that what the fellow said that came to the prophet who had leprosy, had sin, had a problem? Got witnessed to by just some little old girl in the church and said, if you'll go over there and you ask the prophet, you can be healed of your leprosy. And so he took her out of her word and he went. And the prophet just told one of the faithful ones, said, go out there and tell him to dip seven times in the river of Jordan and everything will be fine. And he went back to writing and doing whatever he was doing. Didn't think any more about it. I mean, it was just pretty much ABCs with him. You know, Acts 2.38, that's it. No problem. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so the servant goes out there, Gehazi by name, and he gets out there and, and he tells the, this uh, man, this general, so, so to speak, of the army. And, uh, boy, that guy got all upset. He said, what do I got to go in that muddy old Jordan River for? Man, there's better rivers back over yonder. Let me go to one of them. But you see, that's not what the word of the Lord was. You got to do what he says. Jesus said, get on down to Jerusalem. Repentance and remission of sins is to be preached in my name among all nations beginning here, here in this city, in this upper room of this church. You go there and you receive the Holy Ghost. You wait for the promise. Oh, but I got an appointment. You wait for the promise. Oh, but I'm supposed to go to the club. You wait for the promise. Oh, but my favorite soap opera's on. Oh, but I got to go. You wait. You put this first. Put this first. Time for you to get the mind that forgets everything else and is only centered on getting this Jesus Christ in your heart, the gift of the Holy Ghost that he's promising to you. Let him so to speak, set that crown on your head. Don't get distracted. Don't pull away. Don't get your mind on something else. Don't get caught up in the soap opera of life, the nonsense of life, the distractions of life. Everybody said praise the Lord. may be seated. Philippians, he said, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. So we're going to mark people that's walking right. As another place told us to mark them that cause divisions among you, we're going to mark them as doing it wrong. Okay? It's right in your Bible here, chapter 3 of Philippians. I'm reading now verse 18. After he said now about mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. He said, for many walk. Lots of people walking. Many walk, he said, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemy of the cross of Christ. Listen to what he goes on to say. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, fleshly, carnal appetites. That's what he's talking about. And whose glory is in their shame. They think it's just great. They think it's just great. 
to live in sin. They think it's just great to break the rules, break the laws, break the commandments, or twist them and bend them. What did it say? They twist and they rest the Scriptures to their own damnation. Oh, they're right. In their mind, they are right. In their mind, two and two is five. And no matter how much you try to tell them, no, two and two is four. doesn't matter. They'll contend and they'll fight and they'll argue with you that their way is right. But you stay with the book and you make sure about the, the spirit of things, the attitude of things. You weigh these things out. Be careful. You be careful. People who mock holiness. People who make fun of people who are striving to do it correctly. People who make fun of that. That's a bad spirit. That's a very bad, and as the writer said, dangerous. Dangerous was the word used. Sailing was now dangerous. It's a very dangerous posture and attitude to take when you mock and make fun of people who are trying and striving to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus, which is in the church. People who are trying to do it right. They're trying every day to repent and to overcome, to go forward. They are they are making a valiant effort to keep him as their first love. That I love him above everything else. And that, that's got to be proven out in your life every day. Remember, it was it's the Lord who's in control, and he's the one that fills people with the Holy Ghost. That's what the, whole, the devil has done through religion all these centuries now, is that he has wrested control in his mind, in his scheme of things, he's wrested control uh, from the Lord in many organizations. And he has raised up these different groups and denominations to create a flood of all kinds of ways of people to think and be led astray. And in so doing, people have become very confused. And, and, and he has gotten them to make up their own rules, and that is called religion. That is called, we're going to get to God our own way, on our own terms. But we're going to act so religious. We're going to put on such a, what did the writers say, a fair show in the flesh. Not even a good show, it's just a fair show. That's what they're going to do. And that's what they've done. But you see, him whom we have to do with, he's in control. And ain't nobody getting the Holy Ghost except he gives them the Holy Ghost. You hear me now? He's in control of that. He knows the heart. He knows the thought of your heart. And he knows whether or not you're putting him first. He knows whether or not you mean it and you're selling out to everything. And you simply want him. A man would find that field and in it would be the pearl of great price. And he would go and sell all that he hath. And he would consolidate everything and come and purchase that field. You can purchase this with your faith. 
You cannot purchase it with money. You cannot purchase it with good looks. You cannot purchase it with fine clothing. You cannot purchase it with intelligence. You cannot purchase it with anything except faith. It's by grace through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God is the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen and amen. You have to ask yourself sometimes, who do some people think they are? This is God's church. This is God's business. Man, Mary and Joseph come hunting that, that young boy, Jesus the Christ. Son, where have you been and you? why have you dealt with us this way? He said, wished you not that I must be about my father's business? Man, this trumps everything. This is above everything. This is tops. This is the first love. Wist ye not, know ye not, understand ye not, that I must be about my father's business. This is first and foremost, church family. And sometimes it means even mom and dad, unfortunately, there are times, even brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, cousins, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, Come on, let's go to the club. Hey, girlfriend, I'm going to church. Mm. Wow, that's different. Yes, it is. There's going to be a whole lot of different around here from now on. All right. You let God make that good difference in your life. We're not being different just to be different. We are not trying to be odd or weird or crazy or off the wall. Not at all. But we are serious, sober, vigilant about living for him. And it does it does take a, a conscious effort on our part to do this. You're not going to get to heaven by accident. You're not just going to trip in there. You know, that's not going to take place. Not going to happen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? And whose glory is in their shame? They not only do things wrong, but they have pleasure in doing it wrong. They take, derive great pleasure from mocking people who are trying to do it right. People who are trying, people who are turning it off, people who are throwing it out. What did, it, what did the Apostle Paul and those folks on that ship, 276 souls? First of all, he told them, except you abide with the ship, you cannot be saved. You don't quit the church. You don't follow the devil. You don't listen to these voices of, of wolves that are in sheep's clothing. You don't go in these crazy directions. Oh, but I don't want to lose my husband. You better tell yourself you don't want to lose Jesus Christ. You don't want to lose the truth. You don't want to lose what's right. You don't want to lose your first love. If he is your first love, that is. And I do believe he is. But that's going to be tested. That's going to be tested. All right. I'm going to finish. Y'all not sitting, so I get, the, I get the hint. All right. And he said, <laughs> whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things, who mind. Now, let me tell you something. Now, let me, let me just get down and get rough. You ready? Oh, boy. Fasten your seatbelt. Yeah, Lord. Who mind earthly things? 
I've just got to know, and I can't call the names because I don't know them, okay? So, but I've just got to know what's happening at 2 o'clock on that, on that show. I got to know. I got to know if so-and-so slapped so-and-so. I got to know if so-and-so, not slapped, but another word like it, was so-and-so. Hmm. I got to know. Oh, I got to get home to that. You know? I got I to who mind earthly things, earthly things. I've got to chase after the next newest thing coming out. Minding earthly things. I've got to, this is where my mind is at. This is what I'm involved with. This is what I'm chasing after. Who mind earthly things. Earthly things. I got to know who won that ball game. Especially got to know if I lost money or won money. Who mind earthly things. I got to, I got to go get a hold of the arm of the one-armed bandit. I got to see if I can't make a bunch. I got to, I got to find out who's doing what, where they're doing it at, minding earthly things. I'm going to constantly chase after these things, follow after these things. And you know, you're not going to uh, stay up with every everything they're producing out of Hollywood, every every preview and know everything and know everybody and name them by name. You know, you're not going to do that and live for God, because you're going to mind, you're going to be minding earthly. Your mind. Is going to be on those things. It's not going to be on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not going to be on Peter, James, and John. Not going to be on those things. Not going to be on the Apostle Paul. Not going to be on different ones that's in your Bible. It's going to be on those other things. And those things are designed by the enemy to crowd the first love out of your mind. Here comes a woman great with child. And a man walking next to her and leading the donkey. And they come and knock on the door obvious need in their life and all they could meet with was sorry we don't have any room well I want you to know the Bible said behold I stand at the door and knock he's knocking he's knocking trouble is sometimes it's made of rocks knocking can't seem to get that open a lot of stubbornness a lot of preoccupation huh huh what'd you say huh I, I, what'd the preacher preach on huh? I don't know Bible, pulpit, rostrum. I don't know. I don't know. What were you thinking about? Oh, well, I'd rather not say. I guess you would rather not say. Who mind earthly things. And the devil wants you to mind earthly things. He is the God of this earth. He is the God of this world. Small g, small g, but he's the God of this world. He wants you. He, his inventions are numerous and, and innumerable. It's just one thing after another to get you to constantly chase after something else, to get you to get your mind constantly on something other than what Jesus Christ is doing. And you're going to miss the most important thing. You're going to miss his will. You're going to miss his love. You're going to miss the most precious thing, that crown of righteousness that's laid up for them that are going to live for him and walk for him and talk for him and go in that first resurrection. It is no game. It is no joke. It is a serious thing. And you've got to take it seriously. You do not want, remember he said, whose end is destruction. That's what's going to be at the end. The Apostle Paul said, you stay with a ship, and we're going to be okay. He saw some folks trying to go overboard. Friend, he got a hold of them, and he called their hand on it. And then he instructed and said, you cut off those lifeboats and get them out of here. 
we're going to stay with this thing. We're not, we don't want an exit. We're cutting off all retreat. We burn through repentance all the bridges behind us. Don't want to go back to that stuff. Don't want any part of that. Done with that. Take all that dope and put it down the toilet. Flush it real good. Get rid of it. Over with. Done. Right here, right now. Starts tonight. Starts now. Going to be some things we get rid of. When I came into church, I was all brand new to me. I was just a hippie. Just a freak. And uh, I didn't change. I, didn't, I haven't changed my freak. I just changed what I'm freaked over. Now I'm a Jesus freak. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. And I just take that word to mean enthusiasm. I'm just excited and enthusiastic about him. Nothing else that I want to motivate me. I want to be in, completely involved in the church and the work of God. And uh, so when I came in, I, I well remember, you know, I used to wear rubber shirts and plastic pants and had Buddha hanging around my neck. Listen to music. Of course, you wouldn't know anything about those big records because you all had these little bitty But, uh, you know, oh, yeah. We had the speakers, though. We had the thump-thump, just like you do today. We had that. Oh, yeah. yeah I, used to, I used to go to sleep at night, lay on the floor with the speakers, one on either side, just pounding away, pounding away. I could name the groups. Glad they're gone out of my life. Don't remember the words and don't want to remember the words. Glad it's gone. Sure, went to the concerts, went to the different things. Sure, I did. Chased after all that stuff. But you know what? When I got baptized in Jesus' name and I got the Holy Ghost, I threw most of that stuff in the lake. I gave stuff away. I burned things. I ripped things up. I got it out of my life, out of my closet, out of my house. And you know why? Because it went out of my heart. That's the first order of business. If it gets out of your heart through the power of the Holy Ghost, and you get, what did he say? We clean up the inside of the cup first. And he just reaches down in there and just gives you a good cleaning out. And you don't want that gunk and that junk anymore. And you get the Holy Ghost in fire, my friend, and you're excited. You're in love with everything. You want to learn everything about Him. You want to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't want to go back the same old way. You don't want to be the same old nasty you that you were. You don't want to come in the house cussing and screaming and fighting and arguing and hollering and being that kind of person. You don't want that anymore. You've been delivered from that and you want to stay delivered from that. And you want the first love to continue to be your first love. You want to mind spiritual things, heavenly things. Godly things, righteous things. You want to revere those things. Cherish those things. Love those things that are of God. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'll end with him saying, For our conversation, that means our lifestyle, our style of living is in heaven, not in hell anymore. And I told you about the bumper sticker I read. Don't, don't think you're going to hell to have a party because the party was canceled due to fire. For our conversation or our lifestyle is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. That body of ours that aches and pains and sickness and infirmity, not going to have that anymore. 
He said, Behold, the former things have passed away. I make all things new. Not going to be any more of that because not going to be any more devil. That small G God of this world, he's going to be taken care of because hell was prepared for him, not for you. So you stay. You abide. You hang in there. You grow in grace and knowledge. You live for God. And you tell him, Lord, you are first. I pray to you and you alone. I worship you and you alone. I'm not worshiping them coke-fueled athletes. I don't care about them except that they need to be saved. That's it. Come on now. All those actors and actresses and, man, they're not hardly living with one until they're in the front door and out the back door going to the next house. And they're just going everywhere with everybody. There's no loyalty. There's no love. There's no faithfulness. They don't possess those things because the devil does not possess those characteristics. He has no fruit of the Spirit. He only has the works of the flesh. Adultery and fornication and drunkenness and so on and so forth. You go with Jesus Christ where the real love of God is, where the goodness is, where the temperance or the self-discipline is, where all the good things are. and You don't forsake those things. What did it say of Balaam? He forsook the right way. You don't do that. You press toward the mark. You go forward. Arm yourself with that mind. Jesus Christ was whipped. He was beaten. 361 stripes on his back until his insides were on his outsides. And they spit on him. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. But he went forward. Somebody said along the way he stumbled three times. So they had to get the guy out of the crowd to help him carry the cross. I never read where he stumbled. I never read where it fell. But I do read where somebody helped him with the cross. Yes, somebody got compelled. How about you? Can you feel the compelling pull of the Jesus Christ that's in your life supposedly? And you tell him, I feel the pull. I feel the tug. I'm getting out of this bed and I'm going to pray. I'm getting up and I'm going out there and I'm going to witness to somebody. I'm going to be a light in a dark city, in a dark job, to a darkened heart. Amen. Amen. I'm going to abide with the ship. I'm going to stay. I realize that it's dangerous and perilous times. People are going to be traitors and heady and high-minded and lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That's, That's what your Bible is telling you. Believe what it's saying. Believe what it's saying. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go forward in Jesus' name. The church goes forward. And I read, uh, maybe one of the boys remember, but it was in a magazine we give them at the school of, uh, to help them to understand about uh, nature. And, uh, but there were these, I think they call them musk ox. And... Uh, but they, they live in the tundra, and they said that when they have their little calves, which are not so little, that they, uh, and the enemy comes, the wolf comes, type of the devil, that they, they form a circle, but they, each one of them faces out, and they put the calves in the middle of the circle, and they back up to them real tight, and they protect them, and they, 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 all of them are facing forward. All of them are facing outward. And they will protect the flock. They will protect the calves. Let us back up and stick together. Let us form. You know, the Bible said over and over, the Lord is my help and my shield. The Lord is my help 
and my shield. If you will be faithful, if you will keep him in his proper place, which is first, the Lord will be your help, and you don't have to fear what anybody says or anybody does, anybody threatens, anything that comes to upset you or worry you or try to put fear in your mind. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, not an insane mind, not a weak mind, but arm yourself with the mind that Jesus Christ had. And he said, I've given it to the church. I've given you the mind of Christ, given it to you. So you can think right, say it right, know it and understand it right. Amen. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. 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 All right. God love your heart for enduring the old pastor tonight. Who's old? Who said that? Amen. Slip of the tongue. The young pastor. All right. We're going. I think there's something going on out there tonight. And uh, so we're going to have prayer here.